0: My name's Marcus, and I'm no expert comic book collector. With help from some not-like-minded friends and you, our audience, I want to explore the amazing medium of comic books. This podcast is a reaction to all the common misconceptions I hear about comics as an art form. It's about how superheroes aren't the only type of stories you can find in comics. From true crime and memoir to historical fiction and sci-fi, comics have it all. This podcast is about educating people on what they can find out there and giving readers, new, old, or misinformed, something great to read. Listen up, nerds and future nerds. This is the VF Comics Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the VF Comics and Graphics Podcast. This week, we are so excited because today is the first day of Will Eisner week. And so I wanted to start off with a quote. And that quote is from Will Eisner. I want to point out to adults that there is a world of good material available to you now in comic form in this medium and learn to give it your support, because the more you support it, the better the material will be as it comes out. And I think that's a sentiment that we as a podcast have always tried to impress upon others. And, and it's that comics are and can be high quality despite their reputation but before we get into that conversation which is a whole thing in itself let's go ahead and say hi um in case this is your first time my name is marcus
1: uh hey i'm megan
0: hello my name is tom <laughs> excellent and megan if you listened last week you'll notice you'll notice that megan didn't miss her cue this time so that was really nice oh did you did
1: you keep that in there i, I did
0: you should go listen yeah, to it there's a good it got edited out and then he went back and i did put it back you're in. Kidding. it got edited <laughs> out um I got edited it out and then I was like, no, we need that. And so went and redid all of it just because Who Edited it? I
1: thought you were doing the editing.
0: Uh, no, brother my brother, it? he's doing the editing. Okay.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's hilarious. And uh, he was right <laughs> yeah. to leave it yeah. out. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. No, he was not. I was just like, <laughs> oh you. man, you forgot to do this. Um. So me and Meg and Tom every week get together to talk about the comic book industry books that we're reading and, Everything in between. And like I said before, today marks the first day of Will Eisner week. You see, Will Eisner was not just a pioneer in the industry for what he wrote, but he was also an artist who fought for comics and sequential art to be recognized as a legitimate form of art and literacy. Um, He's also considered the father of the graphic novel with his book A Contract with God and Other Tenement Stories, being considered one of the earliest, if not the first example of the format. Um, if you've never read it before, it's an incredible read, but the title um, story, it's a several short stories that all take place in a New York tenement, and he based it off of some of his own experiences, uh, particularly the loss of his own daughter uh, when she was still pretty young. Um, something I highly recommend anyone pick up if you want to see the power of this medium. Again, that title is A Contract with God and Other Tenement Stories. <coughs> um so here at VF Comics and Graphics, we're going to celebrate the beginning of Will Eisner Week and especially as we get really close to finishing out our first year, we've been doing this for almost a full year, which is crazy. We are starting a book club and you will find the links uh later today on our Facebook and Instagram and all of our social media sites for how to join the book club on Facebook, um, we're planning on reading a, just a variety of graphic novels in this club to help everyone expand their reach. So even if you think you might not be as interested in it, I highly encourage you to try out some of the books that we're going to read. Um, our first book is brought to you by Megan because we decided to uh, pick books, uh, take turns picking books based on whose birthday was next. And when we picked the first book, it was a week before Megan's birthday. (laughs) Hey-oh. Yeah. And so Megan has chosen Embroideries by Marjane Satrapi. Did I say that last name correctly? Uh,
1: Satrapi, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah
0: um so this is megan do you want to tell us a little bit about that book i love you like you're like um, wait what it
1: is a book it's oh god dang it no
0: no you're fine (laughs) i
1: don't have anything pulled up about it and it's been a while since i read it
0: no i've got i've got it up here just in case i couldn't remember because uh i just thought you know since you had brought it to me um shut up meg um so embroideries in case you have never heard of the author is actually from the same author who wrote the best-selling book persepolis if you have heard of that then you probably know what kind of quality to expect from this book so just to kind of talk about it i'm going to read from goodreads it's kind of synopsis of the title so, from best-selling author of Persepolis comes this gloriously entertaining and enlightening look into the sex lives of Iranian women. Already, I have no background <laughs> on anything that's <laughs> happening. Um, embroideries, gathers, uh, embroideries gathers together Marjane's tough-talking grandmother, stoic mother, glamorous and eccentric aunt, and their friends and neighbors for an afternoon of tea drinking and talking. Naturally, the subject turns to love, sex and the vagaries of men. As the afternoon progresses, these vibrant women share their secrets, their regrets, and their often outrageous stories about, among other things, how to fake one's virginity, how to escape an arranged marriage, how to enjoy the miracles of plastic surgery, and how to delight in being a mistress. By turns revealing and hilarious, these are stories about the lengths to which some women will go to find a man, keep a man, or most important, keep up appearances full of surprises. This introduction to the private lives of some fascinating women whose life stories and lovers will strike us as at once deeply familiar and profoundly different from our own is sure to bring smiles and of recognition to the faces of women everywhere and to teach us all a thing or two. And I like that it ends that way because becoming informed and learning something is very, a very important part of reading And I have no background on anything in that synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this could be a really interesting and eye-opening read. So that's what we're going to be doing this first month. And the way that it's going to work is we're going to primarily be talking and discussing it and bringing up points on the Facebook group. And then at the end of the month, when we are ready to release our next pick, we're going to spend a whole episode breaking down the book, talking about the author and the history of the book. So look forward to that. And if you haven't joined again, the link will be in the description of the episode below. So you can join us for this amazing book club that we're starting. And Tom is going to get to pick the next one because I believe we're going to get to announce it around your birthday, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: What? When's your birthday?
0: It's April 3rd.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Very cool.
0: We were two days away from being able to talk about how Tom's birth was a joke, but, ah, dang. Dang. (laughs) So it. I like, I had to dodge it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that is our big announcement for Will Eisner week. Um, Moving on to a couple pieces of news that I did want to talk about with you guys real quick. Uh, one I found really interesting for myself and the other I know that if you're a fan of WandaVision, you're going to want to stick around for. But the first thing is if you keep up with comics, particularly superhero comics, you may be aware of the name George Perez. He is one of the most influential modern writers in modern comics. In fact, in the 80s, he's responsible for reshaping uh the Teen Titans, Wonder Woman. He wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was one of the first mega event books. I think maybe the first event book ever written for a major a huge crossover at one of these comic book companies. He brought a lot of maturity to DC storytelling and he brought a lot of great ideas to Marvel as well. In fact, some of his content that he made uh w- influenced the Infinity War and Endgame films from Avengers and Marvel. Um the reason I'm bringing up his history of his, as a writer is that he has announced that he was diagnosed with stage 3 pancreatic cancer and that he would no longer be um addressing it based on how severe that it's gotten. And he's been given six months to a year to live. Oh my God. Um, he retired from some of these health issues back in 2019. Um, and I really wanted to bring this up because he is an important writer in comics. If you are looking for high quality superhero writing, something that you wouldn't something that you wouldn't expect, especially if you have a low opinion of superhero genre in general, his work is what you want to go look for. Um, I'm a big fan of his new teen Titans run from the eighties because he brought, he took these very silly characters. In fact, Robin is still wearing his boy shorts whenever he first started writing this teen Titans. And so it they all have these classic kind of corny golden age looks but they are dealing with the fallouts of violence and demons and people getting killed and people who are being abused. Um, He helped introduce the world, I believe to cyborg and Raven who are two very popular two Titans characters. Um, And he's written so much that you can easily find his work reprinted at any comic book or bookshop. I guarantee you if you go in fact, at the library meg and i work at his wonder woman stuff was uh, reprinted just this last year so we have several volumes of the library of his work on wonder woman um on our new shelf so a lot of his stuff is being reprinted and you can find a lot of his stuff on the dc universe infinite app marvel unlimited or even Comicsology. um so again his name is george perez I encourage anyone who hasn't read some of his work to really go find something from him. Um, The next bit of news that I thought was really interesting uh, for you guys is I know that, Tom, you were a big fan especially of WandaVision. And particularly of the character Agatha Harkness. Yes. yeah (laughs) so agatha harkness is a character who made her first live action appearance in wandavision but her history is actually first showing up in more of a science fiction themed comic she first showed up in fantastic four to help take care of i believe franklin richards the fantastic um uh, sue storm and um Mr. Fantastic. Why can't I think of his name right now? I'm a bad comic book reader. Um, (laughs) But their son, (laughs) Franklin. And it became really clear really quickly that a a regular group of foes of the Fantastic Four were called the Frightful Four because comics. And, you know, you can walk (laughs) around with that. (laughs) And she was able to easily defeat them. And you don't really, from what I can tell, find out why or what she had done. Um, So she was a, but you find there were some background hints that of her witchcraft abilities. Um, And it was really, really cool because again, they introduced this magical character in a very science type book. Yeah. Um, Well, that's cool. Agatha Harkness. uh, The first appearance of her was and Fantastic Four ninety four, and it went up for auction recently. It's already sold, but I wanted to share with you guys something in case you ever want to collect things about characters you love. So, usually when these books go up for sale that are high-graded, I mean, what kind of prices do you guys feel like you normally see uh, for these kinds of books?
2: I feel like usually in the thousands, you know? Like, if I base it off of, like, you know, I, 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 I play Magic the Gathering and and, and collect some Magic the Gathering stuff. And it's always like valuable cards from that, you know, like the most valuable I think I've seen is like tens to 20,000 range, you know? Uh, And then low end high value, I think is always around 800 to a thousand, you know, when you're looking at like, when you start getting into the top tier. (laughs) So that's, that would be my basis for starting, you know? And I know though that, some of these books have sold for millions of dollars.
0: Oh, yeah. Tickets. The original Detective you know, Comics Superman. That's like a, you know, yeah.
2: You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, it's hard to to jump in, you know. If I'm guessing, like, Fantastic Four. Um, Fantastic I'm, Four and know, the
0: first appearance of a character who was kind of, you know, minor, has shown up in plenty of comics, but... Last year, the character got a huge boost from the WandaVision mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And that yeah. can affect the collector's market. So what did the books sell for? So right now, I've got uh, a couple of the values for different grades. And an 8.0 is uh, considered very fine. Uh, VF, if you were, uh, if you've ever heard that term before. and No,
1: I haven't.
0: A copy of this book Never. is valued at $48. What? As an 8.0. And $48. And a 9.0 is valued at about just $90. What? But wow. so, isn't that the time to like get in on those collectibles like that is? Yes. If you if you're a fan of Agatha Harkness and you're wanting to collect Dang. and they are going to come out with a show House of Harkness that is going to be a Disney Plus series oh. because of the popularity of the character, if you're looking to either just support, like you're a big fan of the character or want to turn around something, um, I would suggest instead of getting into uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs, to look at... Don't do that. <laughs> One, <laughs> don't, don't do that. I can't, I can't come on crypto, but yeah. NFTs yeah. are... First of all, don't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, this seems like it might potentially be a pretty good investment. I think the thing you're going to run into with certain books like this, though, is that this is from, I believe... Let me check real quick. I just lost... Uh, what year? It was published in 1970. And you kind of get to a point where the further back you go the fewer like used to there weren't multiple printings of books so it just depends on if someone took enough care of these kind of books so i think the other thing that might drive the price of this up is that i don't really know how many copies in good condition of this book even exist
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um so, but it's all about how much it's wanted, right? It's all about how much, it, and that thing is like there's so many things. We had a you know episode a while ago about the um, collector's market, and that it is just kind of a, it's kind of a mess, uh, and there's a lot of things like, even if something's really wanted, you know, the number of printings there are. Yeah. And if it, if what is wanted is significant story-wise or significant later, because, you know, you can probably find, you can find copies of a lot of different books pretty cheap despite their uh, rarity. I know individual issues of The Watchmen are actually pretty cheap still. And a lot of that has to do with, the fact that it's been reprinted as a graphic novel so much Mm -hmm. that there's no real need to go find those original issues. Mm -hmm.
2: It's that's that, that is a little surprising. Yeah. You know, that a little bit, Mm -hmm. because I think that's cool. And and, I mean, especially because I've seen so many different printings of that graphic novel and I've never seen an individual issue. I've never met someone that's owned one. I, you know, when the watchman like where I, where they have brought it out, you have, you have individual issues. So I don't. Um, okay. when,
0: but I have seen, um, Michael who on the comic book store, when the Watchmen film came out in what 2006, he actually had all 12 issues <clears throat> and they went, That's awesome. they went for about 12 to 15 bucks a pop and they were in pretty good condition too. Um, and those were like, I believe, uh, several, many of them were first prints. Like, he was in business at the time and so anything he saw that was important like that, he put aside to uh collect later. So at that
2: point that's like about what, like triple in value, right? Because usually it's like three to four ninety nine. Oh, and for, it was uh, way
0: cheaper than that, even in the early. Oh days. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, true. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah, that's I didn't now. Either. Yeah. Well so, yeah. dang. Yeah. So you know, something to look into. And you know, one when on the episode where I talked about, you know, the collector's market, one thing I wanted to implore everyone to do is that honestly, if you like something, go to collect it. But I'm a big on collect something because you care about it, not because you're hoping to get a turnaround. If you like the idea of Agatha and you've been looking for her in books and you really enjoy those books, I know I'm a fan of a really strange character that shows up randomly, uh, DC Comics' Frankenstein's Monster, I'm a big fan of. Um, He had a series during the New 52, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, and he's shown up in other books uh, since then. And he was a big part of the Seven Soldiers of Victory reboot by Grant Morrison. But he's not a super prominent character, but I'm collecting those books because I just really like him that's you know that's cool to me like i have a very a six issue series that did not sell well called gotham city monsters just because frankenstein is in it yes um and don't at me about frankenstein's monsters name or any of that all right um Uh. you know if yeah we're not gonna get in i'm not gonna get into that I'm (laughs) i'm just gonna get up on people um so that is really it for news i just want to tell you guys about it, especially because tom again i know that you were a big fan of that character and that actress and what they did yeah i'm really more. excited um
2: that, that was such a that was such a great run yes i'm excited for the new doctor strange too because yes. we'll get more of of wanda yes. um and i wanda uh, i really like the magical characters um that's something from from that all those films that has been my favorite and I'm excited to see um more of them.
0: Yeah, they've they they've done so good with those films. I cannot wait for Multiverse of Madness. It looks insane. Uh, yeah, I really want to read
2: that uh what what uh, House of M, right? Is that the big uh I storyline that a lot of that came from? Oh,
0: so no, House of M is basically from from
2: WandaVision I mean, right? That uh like um... elements of that, right?
0: Oh, uh... I mean, so Wanda in a House of Elm, I believe if I'm remembering my X-Men stuff correctly, um, House of Elm is where reality changes and mutants are basically the ruling class of the world. Um, the I would say that it's very similar in some ways to there was the vision series from a few years ago where the Vision has a family and uh, okay. some other books like that. I'm gonna research that and find that out for you uh, for okay. what's best. I would not I would say no House of Elm um it's very x-men heavily involved and i that wouldn't i don't think that would satiate your taste uh based on a big fan of wandavision because
2: i remember going trying to go into a deep dive and i found this one podcast and that was like when they were it it was when we were about halfway through the series and they were you know theorizing we can talk about uh, slight spoilers for wandavision at this point Right? Yeah, it's over here.
1: Probably, a year. yeah. Okay,
2: uh, you know, and, and and they were kind of predicting what wound up being Agatha, uh, as as Mephisto was going to be that that kind of antagonist character, you know. And and I, and that book was brought up, and I remember being like, oh, I, I you know, I just at the time was wanting to consume more for sure. Of, yeah,
0: there's of that. So and there's plenty of good stuff uh, for her to consume. I think sometimes the thing that hurts some of Marvel comics is that and i'm going to talk about this later when we talk about what i've been reading lately i've always had a hard time hopping into marvel comics because they've never done like a clean a cleanup of their continuity the way dc has granted yeah. dc's i'm not saying dc's better in that because they always mess it get messy again really quickly <laughs> um <laughs> but um wanda is very wanda and pietro are very heavily involved in avengers and then uh, x-men as well in those worlds and it's really complicated um like i if i remember the most recent thing about their parentage you know it's like magneto was supposed to be her dad their dad uh but now they were i believe created by um the high evolutionary on i believe is it called counter earth which is the earth opposite the sun in our solar system it, there's a lot going on. There. Wow. Okay. So
2: they changed that because that's what I remember reading too. Is that Magneto was their father? Yeah.
0: No. So that's been that's been updated and changed a little bit. And I think that was due to the Marvel movie situation where they didn't have the rights to the X Men.
2: Oh. And okay. so they okay. wanted to
0: fix that. Anyways. Um. So if you're looking for if you're a big fan of Back of the Harkness, go look for that again. Fantastic Four number ninety four. But for the main thing I want to talk about this week is Will Eisner Week. And again, because it's a start today, March 1st is a start and going till March 7th, which is next Monday is Will Eisner week. And not only are we celebrating online where you can go to will Eisner and I'll have a link to that here or will awards. Yeah, and I'll have a link to that on our description and find videos and lectures and things, but you can also find activities, posters, about Will Eisner Week, and if you go to the Facebook page, which I will also link below, you're going to find just an endless variety of programs that libraries, museums, schools, bookstores are all doing to celebrate Will Eisner Week. Um, I, for instance, um, again, work for a library, and so I'm going to be getting together with Randy Duncan. If you weren't listening back in December, Randy is... A professor of comic studies here in Arkansas. He is very well known and very prominent for bringing up comic studies as a legitimate study in colleges, but I'm going to be moderating a guest talk by him and he's going to be talking about some of Eisner's early work before he got into graphic novels about the spirit And The Spirit is a classic detective noir series that Will Eisner is very popular for. Um, It is called um, Eisner Noir, The Mean-ish Streets of Central City. Um, So I'm really lucky that I'm going to get to moderate that. And by moderate, I'm going to introduce him and let him do his thing. (laughs) Um, I will also include the link to that discussion, which will be happening on March 7th at 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, Is this a
2: virtual event,
0: Marcus? This will be a virtual event. Um, So Randy's got a lot of stuff. If you're interested in this or you want to know more about Will Eisner or you want to ask somebody questions about comic studies, you can go to the event on Facebook through the link and you can post questions there because I will be spending the last 20 minutes asking Professor Duncan questions about any of the things related to Will Eisner and the spirit and comics so please feel free to post some questions there and we will have a chat where you can um ask questions live so if you can't think of anything now and you join us and while he's talking you think of something ask it during the presentation and i will hopefully have time to get to that um i'm really really excited about that i randy is the nicest guy in the world and very giving of his time. And you can find a lot of discussions he's done about comic studies or Will Eisner. Um, last year, I hosted a panel with him that was just incredible, where he informed me about all kinds of comics that I just weren't, I, I wasn't aware of. Um, in fact, that discussion is what inspired me to do this podcast.
2: Yeah, there are Aww. multiple.
0: Who else was in that? Uh, um, you and him. And- I had a local artist. um, Oh man, I feel so embarrassed right now on top of my head. Um, gosh, he was the nicest guy in the world. I had I'm asking I, the hard questions. Yeah, here. I, had, <laughs> I had James, uh,
2: who yeah, James was uh, yeah,
0: James was there. Um,
2: Jess was on it too, right? And, and Jess Carson, who I've yeah. had on before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is Good group of She folks.
0: is a writer uh, for television and film, and is currently working on the Flash television show. Uh, we also had an episode with her last year in November. If you want to go back and find that, her name is Jess Carson. Awesome lady. Um, Oh man, you know what? Oh, I had a long time ago. I
2: mean, this was like this was still this was (laughs) like early pandemic, I think. Right? It was a year ago.
0: No, it was a year ago. It was just it was
2: only a year ago. Okay, because I remember like we. I don't know, man. Was it mm -hmm. just a year? Mm -hmm. Because I I I remember like Oliver watched you virtually because we hadn't really seen. Like been able to like do a lot, yeah. Yeah, this was you know
0: this was a year ago, and I remember because like this led to uh, me starting the podcast.
2: Okay, wow, um, pandemic brain, I guess. Like yeah. it just oh, feels feel like you. it was so much longer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so funny.
0: Um, so instead of going through a whole spiel where someone has to listen to me talk about Will Eisner, who he is, what he's done, you'll be able to do that in uh my in my uh not my, in uh, Professor Duncan's talk on Eisner Noir, I actually instead wanted to ask you guys about something that I thought was a really important question to address because it's something that Will Eisner fought for during his lifetime. He was always pushing for comics to be considered legitimate, art, literacy, all that. But even today, in 2022, despite you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know how highly thought of and how popular um, you know superhero things are, comics still and it's something I face as a, a children's librarian are still not considered uh, high art. In fact, they're they're considered still pretty disposable and low quality. So what I want to ask you guys, and then I'll tell you what I think, is what do you think is holding comics back from being recognized as the great art form that it is?
1: Well, it's definitely gotten better, so that's good. I mean, I think we're heading in a positive direction with that. Um, I don't know. I think when I was a kid, I feel like I thought that comics were more like kind of they reminded me of like picture books you know when i was a kid because i didn't know better and i was like oh this is for this is something that's written for kids which first of all terrible argument because picture books are the fucking best <laughs> and some yeah they of the are best incredible art. <laughs> and picture yes, books also they are one of my favorite things to read um because the art in, is just phenomenal but um i think part of it for me was that and i feel bad even saying that but you know i got older and i was like oh no this is this is really good quality stuff i don't i don't know you know why i thought that adults couldn't couldn't read this you know i mean adults can also read picture books like my dog is whining i'm sorry i'm stopping oh poor guy <laughs> I'm sorry, it's hard babe. being a, it's hard being a pupper it's hard being little hi baby.
2: um i you know maybe like a first wondering, and and I'm not saying this is my opinion, this is me asking because I'm curious, is what comic book to you has hit the heights that, let's say, some of like the great novels have hit, you know, because they're not, they're usually they're not in the same conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. And, and what comic book would you put up in that, in that category with a book like, ulysses or to the lighthouse or or something like that you know that you know what what is which comic is that
1: that's hard because it is different because it's visual um because that's what's most that's one of the when i'm reading graphic novels or comics or sequential art um what is most important to me is normally the the art um so that's a hard I compare it more to, like, film, in some ways, I think, more than books, which is weird, you know? It's, like, the part of my brain that really likes, like, short films and, like, animated series is the part that's like, yes, graphic novels. Um,
2: What, then, you know, comparing it to great films, then, you know, if you're not thinking of it even as, as literature, you're thinking of it like a visual medium, you know... Because I mean, film is definitely considered high yeah. art, you know. Right, for sure. And even in that conversation, comic book films are—they get they get shot at a little bit too. Look, at Scorsese, yes. uh, yeah, you know, and his reaction to to comic book films. Um, well, and and
0: I think that you know the way Scorsese approached it, and the way a lot of people approach it, is they treat comic book adaptation films as a genre end to end and i think a lot of the times they run into the same thing a lot of us run into and that you know i think some people aren't aware of some of the films that are comic adaptations and often too they point to the lowest common denominator like they usually will point to the lower the lower quality versions of these things but to me, that would be like pointing to Fifty Shades of Grey as to books are low quality. Like, there are absolutely very popular, not good <laughs> comics, just like there are popular, not good books or movies. We have five or six Transformer films at this point. I say that as a fan of Transformers. Those movies suck ass. <laughs> um, but it's also okay to enjoy that. that and, stuff. And, and, and that's the I, thing. I, it, agreed. Agreed. And I'm glad you that saw right ri-
2: I, You know, I love... I like- when people elevate things and you're going to talk about uh, high art, you know, this literature, film, you know, art itself. I like, I like that. And I like trying, I like when people try to rise up to that and create mm-hmm. something at that tier and have conversations about it and educate someone about that. I think that's great. And I, and I wish that would happen more so that people don't feel intimidated by it because there there are so many things to experience and learn in those conversations and consuming those, those, those things but it's also great if like you want to escape and veg out on on media that that is just like there for you to enjoy and have fun to because there are some days where i know we've like life has kicked your ass and you want to you want to just zone and laugh or or experience like some other story that you don't have to break down and analyze. You can just enjoy it at its base level. And for example, it's not all or nothing. It can all be there for you to love and enjoy. And, Uh, you know,
0: and to your point, it's just like, you know, there is upcoming and I'm very excited for it by Cullen Bunn. Who is an incredible author? Oh, he is that. writing the Godzilla versus the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and to me, oh snap! Yes. What? And it's <laughs> and, it, and it's like this is and you know and you know there was a I, I read a Tolkien quote a long time ago about escapism, and you know his opinion of it was that like you know it's our duty, like it's our duty to escape sometimes in order to mentally survive and so escapism is a legitimate uh is a legitimate reason to read anything and so just like i think you know there's lowest common denominator one thing i told myself i wanted to stop doing and you know it's something i'm i'm i have definitely done is i have crapped on like certain you know film adaptations or things and you know what if someone enjoys that power to them there's plenty of things for all of us to enjoy just because i don't like it doesn't mean it can't be for somebody else now as far as talking about like high art and like books that could be considered that you know i think about obviously watchmen or sin city uh the dark knight returns v for vendetta the sandman but also you know things like mouse you know, like a currently, you know, it's being that is currently being banned that we talked about just the other week. Um, there, there are these, like, to me, peak things that are just as good and are just as high quality as some of those great novels you talked about. Um, yeah. The awards won by the Bone series. Um, if you haven't read Mr. Miracle by Tom King, Uh, recent 12 issue series and the 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 narrative uh, combined with the art is some of the best stuff i've ever read um let's i'm just looking at a few here that i pulled up a list once i ran out of ones i could think of um let's see you know uh batman the long halloween which was a Uh, long halloween is on the dark night Uh, you know like yeah i i think that um i think and, and, there, and there's so more and I've got like there, I've got, you know, stuff here behind me that I'm starting to look through because I'm starting to look outside of the superhero genre for a lot of these books. And it's one of the things yeah. that I wanted to do with the podcast was explore because I know there's so much. I also just picked up saga, which is considered one of the best comics written in modern times. I picked up a collection of everything that's come out about for it recently. Um, there's a nine volume collection, uh, that just recently came out that you can find at your local comic book shops. And I'm very, very excited to read that. You know, I was gushing over the last God, this dark fantasy series. Chris
2: wears Jimmy Corrigan. Yes. Jimmy Corrigan, Uh, the Sandman adapting a Midsummer night's dream, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like in in that run, you know, that was another, and granted that's from classic lit, of course, but, or it, you know, to, to bridge those, that's, it's, it's great i think it's the attention that we pay to it and yes. the conversation that we have about it and if you have these conversations about comic books and you pay that close attention to them and you begin to take them seriously it becomes that because it that's that that really that's what makes it uh it, that's what elevates it that you know mm-hmm. colton uh, a friend of mine and marcus's uh you know, he Not once friends with talked about that.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> he specifically. Once,
2: he once <laughs> talked about that regarding music criticism, and someone had, I, I think, you know, I can't I, don't quote me, but you know, he was talking about how someone had pointed out, uh, you know, and had a problem with how much he was just kind of delving into it and 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 nerding out on a particular thing, and 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 kind of criticizing that. And he was like, "Well, me doing that or someone doing that is what." is what makes that album art, you know, it's the conversation that the artist wants you to have about it. And I think that's the same thing about, about a comic book, whether or not it's Godzilla meets the power Rangers or, you know, the Watchmen, (laughs) you know, it's, if you take it seriously, it, it, it it becomes a serious matter. If you treat these things as, 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 you know, jokes or disposable books that, uh, you know,
0: Well, and, Uh, uh, you know, it's a great point because like, you know, as much as like we can joke about the Godzilla versus Power Rangers, who's to say that there isn't a very human relatable story that's going to be happening in that book? Some of my favorite superhero stories like, you know, I know superheroes are considered the lowest in comics, but some of the best ones, the ones that have stood the test of time, tell the same human stories that you would find in anything else. Just, the guy's just wearing colorful tights while they're going through it. And so, Tom, I'm so glad you brought that up. But, you know, I, th- I think part of it too, and this is where I wanted to go into when I asked the question, is that historically, comics were primarily, when they first popped up very big, were bought by younger people and were a disposable item. And within a decade or so, were highly, highly attacked by people who thought they were corrupting our children. And I feel like the medium has had a tough time escaping that idea. And it doesn't help that two of the biggest comic book companies that aren't... Like, I know the biggest, the largest comic companies actually... am. Um, a Japanese manga company. But Marvel and DC, the two best known in America. Yes, yeah, they're outselling Marvel and DC. Um I've forgotten the name of the company to be honest with you. Um I don't read a lot of manga. Um I will look that up for the future. But Marvel and DC primarily publish and they've had imprints where they publish other things, but they primarily publish superhero stories. And so when people think of comics, they think of, well, what is comics completely oversaturated with? And I feel like that's not something you find in a lot of other art mediums where one particular genre just compl- or, you know, one style ish from what you can see on the outside seems to encompass the entire medium so much and let's face it superheroes ha- have been adapted into cartoons for children for decades and usually that's people's only reference to comic books if they haven't read them is they're like oh yeah my kid watches that cartoon and cartoons are for it's children interesting because right? that's
2: where people feel the most offensive about it mm-hmm. it is it, re- perception regarding the stuff around superheroes hmm
0: and so, you know, there's a lot of complex history behind it. And I think that has a lot to do with it, but Tom, I think you're right in that having the conversations is having these conversations, delving into it. That's what elevates it. And that's what I want to do. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily an artist or a writer myself, but I, I want to elevate this medium. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, I, I think I've said before, I, you know, I had a, I've had parents of students, uh, parents coming into the library to who are like I want my kid to stop reading this comic because these are not good reading material and I was like what do you mean and it was really just based on their own prejudices yeah. that they didn't even know where they came from and you know I look at like I have a cousin who he probably wouldn't have gotten out of high school with uh you know above a third grade reading level were it not for comics because that's what he he was interested in those characters and those ideas in superhero comics and it encouraged him to read there's so much literary quality not just in content but in you know vocabulary and um reading ability in those yeah. books um all the storytelling elements can be found in there um inferencing so many a good skill. stories too um, like
2: the superhero stories are great yes. like i've i've They've, those are the ones that have made me cry the most no. Like these there was superhero a, stories. There was a
0: silent issue of Batman and Robin after oh, Robin had died. Um, it was when Robin was Bruce's son, Damien. And there's a silent issue, and it's Bruce going through the city, and he sometimes sees flashes of Damien with him. And he's just reacting to it, and it's a devastating issue. It, it brought me to tears. Well,
1: yeah and it's also it's a very effective like tool for uh, to teach you know just in general but specifically you know nonfiction works i think it's it's in memoirs it's very effective in um uh emotional you know pulling your heartstrings I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Which is you know how, like,
2: Renaissance art and stuff like that got its start right. anyways. Was, yeah. To so, illustrate religious texts so that people yeah. that couldn't read could understand and visualize it, what was occurring.
0: And it's so strange because people, you know, will pull up visual art as like, oh, yeah, this is this has the potential to be high art. And they pull up books and it has potential to be a high art. But apparently if you put them together it can't be
1: it's, but, it's bazooka bubblegum and nothing else yeah
0: like yeah i, I think a lot of people <laughs> all, just or, all or nothing
2: though yeah. that's the thing is and, that people are doing that lately yeah.
0: and i honestly like this is why i really want people and i'm so glad you picked a book that megan i would have never picked up embroideries on my own from looking oh, and at it
1: it's but a ride it's phenomenal that,
0: that's what i'm most excited about is that we really need to people need to explore these sort of things. And I'm really excited to explore it with you guys. And you know, everybody that's listening who wants to get into it again, if you're not interested in what you heard from the synopsis, I really want you to try it anyway. I think it's very important um, because we might have some conversations that we didn't know we could possibly have because we experienced something new. Um, so guys, great, uh, great answers. That was awesome you're awesome i love you both podcast Um, over it's been a good year (laughs) (laughs) no thanks guys (laughs) Um, so before we finish off i do want to talk a little bit about what something that we've been reading lately that we either enjoyed or didn't enjoy however we felt about it um if we've gotten to read anything in the last week uh meg do you want to start us off
1: sure i read I just read one thing. I read a graphic novel, a debut graphic novel for artist Lee Lay, and uh, it was published last year. I don't know how I find these things. Um,
0: you find stuff I I've know. never heard of. I love it. I don't it.
1: know. It's called Stone Fruit, and it's um, very beautiful. I was going to say it's monochromatic, but I don't think it is actually. It is mostly blue, but I think there is. Uh, I think there. I don't think it is. But um such a beautiful read it's about a couple um and their relationship with um a six-year-old girl named Nessie and um, their roles as kind of her fun and quirky aunts and how um getting to hang out with this kid kind of breaks um uh, it it breaks up their life uh, for a moment and And allows them to just kind of be in the moment and in the present and not have, like, the crushing weight of the world on them. And when they're hanging out with her, uh, they're actually, the characters are illustrated differently. They're seen as, like, these wild beasts. They're, like, furry and hairy and just, like, wild-looking. And then when they're back in reality, they just look like, you know, uh, normal people. But beautiful, uh, beautiful book. A lot of um, really interesting themes, um, a lot of navigating connections with family um, and religion and uh, identity. A big, big fan. Highly recommend. Very excited that it's her debut graphic novel. Can't wait to see what else she does. Again, I don't remember how I found this book. Uh, <laughs> it was good, though. Excellent. Glad it's I so easy it. to
0: find good books nowadays, though, but like all the different recommendation sites and things like that and then sometimes you just see something on the shelf or in the new highlighted Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, i think goodreads is
1: how i get most of my recommendations because it's like oh you read this here's 20 other things that you must read right now
2: (laughs) i I love stuff like that i need to play around with that site more listen it's
1: yes so much fun i I, that's how i remember everything that i've read because i I don't remember (laughs) goodreads That's my other recommendation. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. Good <laughs> no, I'm going to
2: be like messing around with that. I just got some Audible stuff. And so. Oh, yeah. Non-comic wise, I was I was listening to Atomic Habits because I had several friends.
1: Yes. Oh, book, my gosh. Yes. It's like
2: sucks you in. So it's oh, great. Like been so washing good. dishes and, you know, yes. reading uh, Atomic Habits or whatever and being like, this book's great.
1: Yes. Oh, also been reading some uh, One Piece uh, as I do.
0: You have been. Devouring One Piece lately. It's so good.
1: I've watched it, but I had never read um any of the manga, so I've been been real into that.
0: Tom, have you been able to dig through any more of Gideon Falls lately?
2: Yes, and I I finally hit some like twist or (laughs) or reveal stuff and was like, I you know, I was reading with uh like Augie was playing in the playroom or whatever and i was reading, and it's just like oh (laughs) (laughs) shit oh my god yes so uh there's definitely some uh there was definitely some i'm real excited with where i think the story is going and it's definitely got me hooked in now like the mystery of it well, but there i got I, I got to talk to you about one part for yeah. sure where i was like whoa
0: well luckily like the the piece that you're reading right now has been out long enough that when you finish it i want to hear i want you to talk about all of it and like okay. break it down for okay. us and everything but I think i've really never cool. read it you well, gotta read it i think you'll really okay. like oh, you have gotta read it
1: let's wait to talk about it till i read yeah. it yeah
2: yeah it's it's really good especially Almost if you like it. that kind of spooky like Yes. Stuff like that. Uh, it, it definitely scratches that
0: itch. Really okay, sweet. Well. Sweet. Um, so, like I said earlier, I um, was reading, rereading The Last God, but I've talked about that plenty. Um, so, I picked up two things, just two issues that I read this past week that I thought were good p- things. First was Supermassive, which was the first Image Comics crossover between Radiant Black, which is uh, written by Kyle Higgins, who rebooted. Or not rebooted, but basically started up the Power Rangers comics and really brought some quality to them. Um, and so he's got this other like Power Rangers s characters in the Radiant characters, um, but they had their first crossover. and It's called Super Massive, but the event itself wasn't super massive. It it, 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 you know, I, I really got this idea. I was like, I was wondering how like, I'm so used to crossovers where there's some world ending threat. Or there's something crazy. And this book was very much a small scale and a setup in that, um, radiant black and a couple other characters kind of got a notification through their superhero abilities or whatever, that something had crossed dimensional barriers in the woods. So they all happened to run into each other for the first time to stop it. And, that was really it. Like, and there's a lot more going on. Like there, they, a couple of the characters have some revelations about things to come in their respective series and stuff, which was really, really cool that it did that. But there wasn't this crazed world ending threat. It was actually a very small first meeting of these characters at the end of the day, which was good because besides radiant uh, black, the characters are all pretty new. They haven't shown up in their own series yet. In fact, um, a couple of them are starting their own series here in the next week or two. So this Has Radiant like and Black the- been adapted into other media? I feel like I've really heard that name no. somewhere else. No, just the comic? Okay. Just the comic. Um, but So I, th- I thought Supermassive being this first crossover for these image superhero properties was awesome, actually. I like the small scaleness of it but it does set up some bigger stuff going ahead and it introduces us to a group of characters who are all pretty different from each other and each have their own damages too. Um, so that was really cool that I read. And then I know I started X-Men a couple years ago, but I've always struggled to get into Marvel comics. I've never found a great hopping on point or I've missed good hopping on points. Um, so this past week, ghost Rider number <clears throat> My voice cracked. <laughs> Ghost Rider number one came out, which is a new Ghostwriter series from Marvel. Obviously, it takes place in their same shared universe. But um I was really excited for it because Ghost Rider is one of those occult characters. And I'm all about the occult and the magic, like Tom, I super support you loving Doctor Strange and WandaVision and all that. And Ghost Rider fits in really well with those types of characters too. Ghost Rider number one was a great start and you meet several different kinds of characters in it that uh, Johnny Blaze, our main character, is dealing with because for some reason he has a scar on his head and he's had some sort of brain injury and he's living in this town with his wife and two children. Now, if you're not aware who Johnny Blaze is, so far it doesn't seem important that you necessarily know that, that character is the Ghost Rider character, which is Flaming Skull riding a motorcycle dude who kicks people's asses for hell. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, he's like made a deal with the devil, right?
0: Yes. and uh, But this kind of starts off with, he's had some sort of brain injury and he's not quite sure what's going on. And it turns into some body horror in terms of what's really going on. How come he's... Seeing this therapist and how did he get away from his previous life. So if you're aware of who he is, you're wondering how did he get away from his previous life? If you're not aware of who he is, you're like, what the hell is going on? This is really trippy. Um, but as with most comics, it's the first issue. So you can't, I can't quite tell where it's gonna go. If it explains who some of these characters are that I'm supposed to know pretty well going forward. Instead of just assuming I've been reading Ghostwriter for 20 years, hmm. this could be a really, really good series and hopping on point.
2: Yeah. It sounds, I'm like interested here. Yeah. the
0: description of it. It's, um, and, but I, I just don't know yet. Cool. First issue though, if you're interested in the occult, because we got Dr. Strange again, multiverse of madness sort of stuff happening soon, but also there's a video game coming out this year or next year, uh, Marvel midnight suns which is about a group of which the comic was about a group of occult characters coming together, uh, to deal with, um, the queen of demons Lilith. Um, you know, this, this could be the start of a great way for you to check out this, this world within Marvel comics. Um, time will tell. I'll keep you guys updated on if it stays good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's all I've been reading. Well, and I've read a bunch of other stuff too, but those were two of my big point ones from this past week. Um, and I think that's it for the week. You guys got anything else? No. Yeah, this has been a really fun episode. Yeah, woo, woo, woo. Well, guys, that is going to be it for us then for the week. Uh, thank you so much for listening to VF Comics and Graphics Podcast. I want to thank again my brother Zach Robertson for doing our audio editing and putting our episodes together, and Jeff Matika for our intro music. Hopefully I can get him to write me some other cool music because he's (laughs) a cool dude. Um, And make sure to check out the links in the episode description for joining the book club. We're going to read a new book every single month, and we want to talk to you all about it. And... Yeah, check all of our social media to keep up with us and keep engaged so we can keep talking about comics thank you so much for your time we will see you guys all next week